wanted to, and I was I was gone for a, a couple of days. My thanks to Casey for for filling in. Um, I, I wanted to get into this deal of the century that President Trump had uh, pushed forward uh, with Benjamin Netanyahu, with also the acceptance of Benny Gantz. Of course, you still don't have. I mean, you have a prime minister in Benjamin Netanyahu, but there's going to be another election. You might end up splitting that prime ministership between Netanyahu and Benny Gantz, who's the leader of the Blue and White Party. Benny Gantz was Netanyahu's top general. I I don't think he's a bad guy at all. I I need to even learn more more about him. But this deal of the century that they were both okay with uh, involves how Israel can create, quote-unquote, peace with the Palestinians, talking about borders talking about land talking about who owns what let me bring in aviv ezra right now he serves as council general of israel uh, to the midwest covers uh, nebraska and indiana iowa michigan minnesota north dakota south dakota and wisconsin the man has stock in winter coats um and it's good to have you Uh, with us, uh, General, Uh, this deal of the century, when you first heard it and heard its presentation, um, whether that be when uh, the president, President Trump, uh, spoke uh, with uh, the prime minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, or whether that be in in the prior, what was your first takeaway of it? Well, first of all, good morning, and thank you uh, for having me back on your show. It's a pleasure. Uh, Listen, I was, you know, like a good... uh, citizen of the Middle East, I wouldn't say that I'm either uh, optimistic or uh, pessimistic. I'm mostly realistic. The goal of this is to finally jumpstart once again a peace process. Listen, we've been, we've been in the last 10 years, uh, full decade here, uh, without a negotiation process and without uh, the Palestinians coming to the table. They've been refusing to do that. And for us, this initiative, first of all, is a welcome initiative because it's finally trying to bring back the Palestinians to the table. <laughs> but bringing them back to the table, when, when you talk about um, Judea and Samaria, right? These are areas that are always contested. I'm not saying that they should be. I'm giving the, the more overview. And you have the president saying that these are areas that belong to Israel. They are in the control of Israel. They are a part of Israel. You are saying to the Palestinians, or at least to that Hamas leadership, the terrorist leadership, hey, there's no shot here of a deal because we know you won't go with this. So how does it bring the Palestinians back to the table? Well, if, if uh, one looks really carefully at what uh, this administration has been doing in the last two years, it saw that uh, there was a kind of a two years of a really into-depth procedure and a process, whereas at the end of the process, uh, which uh, arrived about a week ago, the idea, the most important idea here is that uh, there is an opportunity for the Palestinians to have uh, self-determination. If they look at the deal that is going to be struck, it's supposed to strike a right balance between our vital security and our national interest and the Palestinians' aspiration for self-determination. Listen, in a deal, you're not going to get 100% of what you want. This deal is offering them an opportunity to finally have that uh, uh, approximately 70% of the land. I don't want to specifically go to numbers. And then a land swap, an opportunity for a capital, uh, an opportunity for an investment of $50 billion. They should be at least saying, listen, this is a deal that we don't 100% agree to it, but we're coming to the table and we want to see. We don't agree with this, this, and this, but we can't accept this and this and this. We can't 
ever decide on the situation where they're going to get 100% of what they want, and vice versa with the Israeli. And I think this deal strikes exactly this equilibrium that we're looking into it. However, they're still saying no. They're saying it's dead on arrival. And this is not the first time they're doing it. This is the fifth time that they're doing it. <laughs> so it was never, this is the main point, it was never about a Palestinian state. It was never about establishing their state of their own. It's about destruction of our state in any borders. Talking to Council General Aviv Ezra, Council General of Israel, to the Midwest of the United States. On that point, sir, I think that's the whole point. And even as I argued on air here, the, the real story here is having a U.S. president put an end to the um, middle of the roading of the situation, first by saying the, the embassy will be in Jerusalem and making the move, and second by declaring that, look, these are Israel's borders. Jerusalem is the undivided capital of Israel. But if the Palestinians will do X, Y, and Z, they can have their place too. It's about an American president and and a key ally uh, maybe breaking the stalemate of all the political badgering and nonsense that goes on in the discussion of, of, of Israel. But to, to following that through or, or, or to uh, that end, no, you cannot create peace with the people who are led by Hamas. I have heard multiple stories about the people trying to rise up and fight back against this terrorist organization being put down when it happens. So you're the one who lives there. You're the one who has to deal with the part two of this, not just the, uh, you know, here's the proposal and let's take some photos, but the everyday living. Do the people who are living in Gaza the Palestinians, as we call them, do they, not the leadership, do they want their right to self-determination? Do they want their own state? And is there a possibility of aiding them to get rid of Hamas to get to that moment? Or could they be a part of Israel as a whole? Well, you're making a right distinction between the leadership and between the, the people themselves. No doubt that uh, I think those who are called the Palestinian people, I don't think they have a, they want to live their life on an everyday basis, like, just like you and I. But I think their leadership is to blame of pushing the, to the extreme uh, the ongoing relationship with, you know, with Israel. And you mentioned Hamas. Hamas is a, a great example. I mean, uh, Israel for many years was told that it's all about the occupation. It's all about... Uh, the, the IDF and the settlements, well, we don't have any of these in the Gaza Strip. And we unilaterally, unilaterally ex- extracted all our forces from there. No settlement, no IDF. And you know what we got in return? We got three cycles of violence with tens of thousands of rockets upon our head. But what's interesting about this specific uh, uh, deal that was offered by the administration, like you mentioned, is that for the first time, uh, the Palestinians understand that if they wait, time is not on their side. For their uh, concept, every time they waited, they have received a better deal. And for the first time, this president, this, this administration is sending them a message that if they wait, they're not necessarily going to get a better deal. They should come to the negotiation table. And another last thing that w- changed in this deal is that for the first time, you see Arab countries that are saying to the Palestinians, Listen, come to the table. This is a good deal or a good starting point, at least. And you saw the Gulf countries. You, got, you saw Saudi Arabia. You saw uh, Bahrain, Oman. You saw the UAE. And you saw uh, even Egypt saying, listen, this is on the one hand something that needs to be addressed. Talking to Aviv Ezra, Council General of Israel, to the Midwest. Before I let you go, uh, 
in its most technical, technical way of asking the question, what the bloody hell is wrong with the elections in Israel, and when do we get a prime minister? <laughs> well, this is the $64,000 question. <laughs> Unfortunately, as opposed to the United States, for better or for worse, your system has a winner-takes-it-all system. <laughs> Our system has a party system. That means that once you finish counting the vote, you're trying to craft a coalition. And at this point, in the last two sessions, uh, we needed to find a... 50% uh, coalition, 50% out of our legislative body, 61 members of Knesset, and none of the uh, candidates were capable of doing this. So uh, we're going for a third one come March 2nd, and uh, <laughs> cross, cross your fingers that we'll be able to finally uh, wrap this up because we need stability. Our economy, our foreign policy, our defense, our adversaries, unfortunately, Hezbollah and Hamas are not waiting for us to have our democratic uh, process uh, mature, and uh, we need we need a stable government as soon as possible, regardless of who will lead it at this point. All I know is I'm coming to Israel in June for a few <laughs> weeks. I'd like to have it settled by then if I could. Well, first of all, welcome, and I'm happy that you're very happy that you're coming, and I hope your listeners will come too, because we're going to have a nonstop direct flight from the Midwest to Israel after 20 years we didn't have it. So from I'm Chicago here, March 22nd, 10 hours, you can eat your breakfast in Indy and eat your dinner in Jerusalem. I'm taking that flight. <laughs> I am That's on great. that nonstop from Chicago. It. So I look forward to it. Uh, sir, always good to talk to you, uh, Aviv Ezra, Council General of Israel to the Midwest. They are have started closing arguments on impeachment. They're not going to change any minds. This is done. And way faster than I said. We'll get into that in a second. I'm Tony Katz.